Welcome everyone to Marvelous Movie Mondays. As as Kelsey, as everyone who is a weekly viewer knows, Kelsey always takes that good old sip of tea right at the beginning. And guess what? Today I did it too. So that awkward silence, if you're an audio listener, I'm sorry. There was an awkward silence because we were both just sipping down our drinks. We never drink is- our drinks simultaneously. So the fact that that just happened hilarious we're already it was purposeful too it was it was it was completely intentional by the way it was not accidental oh it was totally yes i was you were copying me i understand (laughs) mocking you not okay Um, i get it anyway welcome to marvelous movie mondays i am dylan oh and i'm kelsey (laughs) that would be where you would introduce yourself uh you know it's fine we we get into the the formula and then sometimes the formula we forget oh yeah we got to do this um you know we're getting our groove that's that's a good thing we're getting our groove on the show and, and Kelsey, yeah. why don't you show off for the for the video viewers your brand new shirt, please? Yes. Why don't you show it off? Show it my off. Uh, mom just gifted me this shirt for Easter. We celebrated yesterday, so I got two new Marvel shirts to show off for the video watchers. Um, for those of you listening, my shirt says "I am Groot." Quote: "I am Groot." Obviously, I was gonna say when when you when you displayed the words "I am Groot," you went the other way because the. The StreamYard <laughs> mirrors our, our video, so it's, it, you really went Groot am I, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's an early morning. It's an early morning. You know, this is the earliest we've been recording this podcast since we started. It's the earliest in the morning we've recorded. Um, the wee hours of the morning, if you will. Um, all right, Kelsey, what are we talking about this week? We're talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode three. That's right. The power breaker, right? Power broker. Broker. Very close. Well, I am. It goes to show how much I know about this episode. I, I do know a, a good amount, but it's uh, some things don't stick. Yeah, I understand. Before we jump into the episode, though, we have news. We have That's to right. share we our news. news. Of course, go ahead, Kels. Start I'll, us off with your news. I'll go first. Um, I just have another cast member confirmation from Thor: Love and Thunder. Russell Crowe has uh, confirmed joined the cast. He's down in australia with the rest of the cast um i mean he's been in australia it's just now he's doing something else in australia because i think he lives in australia right i think i don't know you know what i actually think that he's from he could live in australia but i think he's from new zealand because i did fun fact about me my accent for my accent class in college i was a theater major so i had a class dedicated to dialects and speech and my accent was the New Zealand accent. And oh, he wow. was one of the celebrities. Um, he actually gave a really good tip about the New Zealand accent. I'm going off the rails. But if anyone's trying to Go do one, rails, if anyone wants to know the the a good tip to getting a good New Zealand or, or Australian accent, he said, you have to make your mouth really small because there's a lot of bugs and things in Australia and New Zealand that you don't want to get trapped inside your mouth. So you, you have to make all of your vowels smaller. And I thought that, that was a very helpful tip. tip so so tip. why don't why don't you give us an example, Kelsey? Actually, you know what we're going to do? Don't even give us an example now. We're going to make you read your synopsis in a New Zealand accent. Does that work oh, for you? Oh, baby, I'll dust off these cobwebs. Okay, <laughs> sure. I'll do my New right. Zealand um, accent. But first, let me do my news. Uh, a, a very, very recent news. Uh, last night, the SAG Awards happened. And our boy Chadwick, this is not... Marvel news, but our boy Chadwick Boseman won his first SAG award uh, for his role in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. <sighs> he is excellent in it. Everyone go watch it if you haven't seen it. Um, he won his award and 
you know, this is the last big acting prize before the BAFTAs and then the Oscars. But this year in the BAFTAs, there was a small, smaller voting body. So, you know, a lot of people are saying like the BAFTAs this year, like eh, we're kind of like taking them with a grain of salt. But the Oscars, the SAG Awards are a big predictor of the Oscars and Chadwick won that SAG Award. So all signs are pointed to a big old Oscar for Chadwick Boseman, our beloved Black Panther. Um, wow. Yeah, and a, a Black Panther co-star, Daniel Kaluuya, won Best Supporting Actor at the SAG Awards for Judas and Black Messiah. So it was a really, really big day for Marvel actors at the SAG Awards. I think it's always fun to like point out when they're doing other little things. And Yeah, totally. Um, I'm trying to think if any other Marvel actors uh, won anything. No, I think that's it. Um, anyway, uh, moving on. Let's move on to the episode. Let's get right into it. Um, Alrighty, let's do it. Yeah, that's my that's my little advertisement. Go watch Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Chadwick is amazing in it. I have to um, check out that movie. It's been getting yeah. some good stuff. Viola Davis won Best Actress for it too last night, so you you got to check it out. It's really good. I was gonna say I was like, is she Marvel? And I realized she's DC. Um, Viola Davis. So, um, yeah, check out check out Ma Rainey, Kelsey, and we'll we'll talk about it next week a little. Bit. It's uh on Netflix. It's a Netflix mm-hmm. movie. Yep, Netflix. Okay. Yep, that's that's mm-hmm. what I thought. Based on the August August Wilson play, so it's a short little it's tight tight runtime. It's it's got that powerful August Wilson dialogue. It's got that uh beautiful performance there too. All right, are we ready to dive into Kelsey's? brief and new zealand synopsis a special this this episode folks oh my god take take it away kelsey honestly i have to i have to do like an intro sentence to like get into it so i say like taiko itd yourself up all you need (laughs) oh my god (laughs) honestly i really only i mean that's not true at all because thor ragnarok definitely wasn't in my life while i was taking this class i don't even think it had come out yet but the fact that i know how to do a new zealand accent and i can just quote Korg all day long that's really why I only enjoy using this accent um there you go so I get into it by saying the New Zealand accent definitely isn't very hard okay so Sam and Bucky team up with Zemo to find out how more (laughs) super soldiers are being made uh Carly and the flag smashers loot more places and John Walker is on their trail Wow, that was incredible. That was, it I didn't was kind of butchered a, a little said. bit. I didn't like pay attention to what you, the words you were saying. I was just listening for the accent. I, I forgot to even pay attention to that <laughs> the context of the episode that we were covering uh, as a refresher. So I'm just going, you know, rogue today. Uh, but yeah, beautiful, beautiful accent work. Um, everyone, you. go go take Kelsey's class once she eventually starts one. Uh, if you're listening I'm to this think- podcast four years from now, Kelsey has a whole uh, d- dialect empire. So take one of her many courses across her many colleges that have popped up in the U.S. since um, if you're listening to this four years from now. I'm thinking about making a YouTube video about how to do a nice northern New Jersey accent because I feel like a lot of people don't don't get us right. You know, yeah, I've watched well, they always go to the Joyzy. You know, they're always like, oh, yeah, all the Joyzy's talk like Joyzy. Yeah, yeah, going to get a coffee. I'm, I'm, a, I'm from Joyzy. And it's like, no, we don't say that. No one says Joyzy in New Jersey. OK, <laughs> yeah, it's that not just, that's not a, that's not a thing. <laughs> right. So. Anyway, that anyway. thank you so much for praising my accent. It was a little it's a little rusty because it's been a it's been a while since I've really worked on it, but I mean, I've never done one, so you're less rusty than I am. Uh speaking of rusty, I don't know how that segues. <laughs> Bucky's metal arm. How how does that not get rusty? Let's talk about that. 
Vibranium don't rust, girl. All right, let's go. Oh, yeah, you're um, right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it rusts or not. I'm assuming it doesn't. Honestly, that's probably best. one of its qualities. That's probably what makes it a very desired metal is that it's, I mean, yeah. it's, it's you know, it's near indestructible. So mm-hmm. a little rust is going to get on that. No, yeah. not today. All right. Okay, so let's jump into the ep, shall we? First of all, Dill, I got to say, loved this episode. Loved okay. it. Favorite so far. I got to okay, be honest. I'm still, I'm still loving the last one just because of, uh, again, if you haven't checked out our podcast from last week, I thought it was probably my favorite podcast we've done too because we really got into some great discussions about race and involved superhero movies, which we don't really talk about much. And right. I think for those reasons, I really, really, really liked last episode. Uh, this episode I liked. Uh, there were a few little qualms I had with it. But again, like, sure. I think I'm going to sound like a broken record the opinion on each episode is is generally positive it's the overall series where i'm still kind of like it just feels like it could have been a two two and a half to three hour movie and and i feel like because they needed to make it a series it you know some things are elongated when they don't need to be and there's other plot lines that probably would have been cut in the editing room had they just made a movie and i like spending more time with these characters obviously but something about an episodic show is that like each episode can like stand on its own i thought wandavision did that so well whereas here again i'm a broken record player i've said it every week i think this is almost like you're pausing the remote uh right when it's getting to the good stuff and it's like oh okay we'll watch the rest of this movie later rather than that was a great episode let me sit on this episode for a week it's more like you know i'm just waiting to see how this one story ends um but again like i I like each episode i think each episode brings some good stuff each episode brings some stuff i think we've seen too much of before uh, which we'll get into and i think this is going to be interesting because kelsey if you guys haven't heard the the villains ranking from a few weeks ago kelsey was not too hot on helmet zemo and i always thought he was one of the most uh intriguing villains for the for the reasons why maybe we'll talk about today um but we'll have to see if kelsey has changed a, a new tide or if she's i don't even know if that's a phrase um or if maybe she's still on the, the Zemo dislike train, but maybe not the hate train. Or maybe she hates him even more, especially for his dance moves. Who knows? Well, we'll see. I, I understand what you're saying, Dil, with the with the episodes, you know, because it feels I understand, you know, why it doesn't feel like a TV series is because I feel like it's only one focal plot that we're kind mm-hmm. of focus, focusing on. There's really no subplots happening. I mean, there were in the beginning when we saw Sam with his sister and with their family troubles that were happening and their financial problems. And then we saw Bucky with his little notebook and him going mm-hmm. to make amends with people. But we've kind of dropped off a little bit from those two uh, side plots. And we've really just been focusing on the main issue here, which is finding out where these super soldiers are coming from. So I can understand why it feels less of a TV show and more like you're just stopping and starting a movie over and over again. But what I do appreciate about this series is that the like we're moving, you know, like yeah. it's, I feel like it's paced like really, really nicely. Because yeah, we're so halfway that, done now. We're exactly yeah. halfway done. I cannot so, like, believe it, we it, only have three it, more left. It really is progressing. And honestly, the first episode, like I said, I thought it was pretty slow. So the fact that they mm. are progressing it so well, um, I do have to commend them on that. You're right. They are really moving the story along. I mean, we're not really dwindling on too many uh, areas. But again, like I said, because it does feel like a big movie, there are things that I think could have been cut entirely, like full on plot lines. Um that we'll talk about. I mean, uh, against again, they might pay off later, but right now there's a few storylines where I'm like, you know, <laughs> what's going on here? Sure. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. So let's dive right in. All right. So we start um, before we, 
I can't remember if this is ap- after the opening credits or before it, but we started with a commercial for the GRC, the Global Reparative Rep- Council. Forget the R word, didn't write it down. And they're just advertising what they do and what they stand for. And their slogan is restore, no, 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 reset, restore, rebuild. Um, we jump into scene one, a scene with John Walker and his sidekick Lamar Hoskins and they are infiltrating the refugee camp facility type place that Carly and the Flag Smashers were staying in the previous episode they're interrogating the main guy saying you know we know they were here where did they go where are they and he's not giving them anything he's not giving into them at all which makes John grab him he spits on John and says grabs him and shouts in his face do you know who I am and to that, I was just cringing so hard because it was so anti-Cath. It is something that Steve would never, ever do. He would never just, like, wield his shield and be like, do you know who I am? Like, I'm the Captain America. Like, it was such a, like, cele- like A-list celebrity moment that was like, mm-hmm. do you know who I am? I asked for sparkling water not this tap yeah. water bullshit like it was just oh uh, it was it, it's, it, it's showing just... it's showing how like the fame is kind of like getting yeah. to him and making him le- like again this happens with a lot of people it's like once they hit their big break and the fame they get attracted to the fame they they either do one of three things they become like one of the pioneers for like some great charity or cause you know you become leonardo dicaprio you know you you make your life about uh, a certain issue and you, and you stick to that uh, mm-hmm. you do the second thing which is addiction you get into drugs or alcohol or, or you go into depression and and the, the stardom you know you fall with the stardom it's like a star is born you see like bradley cooper's character you know he, he suffers from the fame and, and the, the stardom slipping away and then the third thing you become a diva a giant <laughs> douchebag you, you become a giant douchebag and sometimes divas if you're a diva who can own it but also acknowledge that you are a diva and like you know embrace it there's some power to that but when you're just a straight mm-hmm. up diva because you're a little bit uncomfortable and insecure that's when it becomes a problem and you can tell john walker is very insecure with his new title he still hasn't fully you know grown into the pants of cap you know he hasn't filled yeah. the shoes yet weird analogies um but you know he's he's <laughs> early you're morning. a little uh, off today in the analogy apartment i i have to say but you know what it's, it's just one of those mornings i'm still i'm still trying to figure out the whole like small vowel thing that you were talking about earlier um <laughs> you're still trying to how to you're still trying to figure out how to per- perfect your uh new zealand right. accent that's a good yeah one. but like yeah like people slip into that too like the divaness it's like you you yeah. can't be a diva unless you are fully deserving of it. And even then, like some divas, even if you are deserving of it, ta- abuse that. And it's like, oh, it's just so annoying. Um, yeah. Again, the character is annoying, but I think that's a testament to the actor and his performance. And yeah. people have been sending this guy death threats. I don't know if you've seen online. That w- that was almost my news. But then I was like, this is kind of part of the, the, you know, the show. So I'll save it for later. They're sending the actor death threats. Okay, so those people are crazy or, like, 12 years old. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> like, right, but again, but again, the internet, just... age, age, is, age is usually not, like, like if someone tr- trolls you or posts a comment on the internet, it's very hard to tell exactly how old they are unless they specify or unless, like, it's common knowledge. Like, whether it's a 12-year-old saying, go kill yourself, or thirty a 30-year-old, like, I mean, as an actor, I'm putting myself in that sh- those shoes. Like, I would hate that. Like, you know, you're doing your job. 
you're supposed to be playing the same thing happened with Joffrey in Game of Thrones. It's like, and didn't the uh, same thing happen to an, an actor in, in the star Wars franchise? I, I don't know her name or her character, but oh, she Ro- was like, Rose? she was, she was hated yeah. so badly that yeah. like, and it's, and it's, and that, in that case, she wasn't even playing a villain. She was like the, the endearing supporting character. It's just, people just wanted to get on the bandwagon. Yeah. <sighs> I don't. I will never understand that. I'm like you. You have to know that the actor has nothing to do with what this character's like. No. If anything, some actors take it as a compliment. They're like, "Oh, if you hate, if you're taking it out on me, then I must be doing something right with my character and my mm-hmm. and my job." And I hope that he's doing that. I hope that he's taking any negativity coming his way yeah, as a compliment. I, I haven't been reading. But... I haven't been reading a ton, but I, I do think he's embracing it. He's like, you know what? If I piss you off, like I love it. I love trolling y'all, and I think that is the right Good. attitude to have. But if you are an actor, especially coming into this franchise, if you're a new actor to this franchise, no matter how established you are, if Russell Crowe comes into Thor Love and Thunder and is getting death threats like even the most seasoned actor you're stepping into a franchise with a lot of fans that are at like heightened emotions and and, and heightened super fans super pers- fans. perspectives yeah super fans and you're never going to please them all but um props for um the actor oh my gosh uh Wyatt oh man Russell my Wyatt Russell yes sorry my brain I is could have made yeah, that my, up. yeah it's Wyatt, Wyatt Russell okay. uh props on Wyatt Russell for taking it like a champ and and you know and saying you know what f you haters if you're gonna come at me fuck you too so and we're recording go ahead okay so uh we know in the last episode that they were in intending to team up with zemo so we cut to the prison where he's being held um in germany and uh bucky says hey i'm just gonna go and by myself because you might like throw off the vibe basically to <laughs> Sam and he goes throw in off by my himself. Groom, dude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, he Bucky lays down uh um catches him up, catches Emo up on everything that's happening and we know we find out in the next scene that the reason why Bucky went in by himself was because he his whole plan was to break him out of jail. So then um, in the next scene, I call the car garage or I don't know (laughs) how they where this car place is, but this is where they ended up. Um, uh, Bucky walks through Sam, a hypothetical situation where he could have broken someone out of prison. And obviously at the end of the montage, Zemo reveals himself to be there as well. Um, they have this great little moment where Bucky, uh, Zemo rather, tries to um, interrupt their conversation because obviously Sam's like, this guy's a war criminal. He killed King Dachaka. Right. He, like, no, he's going back to jail. I'm not getting involved with this. And Zemo cuts him off saying, if I may. And they both go, no. And we have this great little moment of Zemo just going, okay apologies like he immediately <laughs> knows his place and i, say, I would what was, what was what was your reaction like seeing him walk walk out were you like surprised were you just like oh what or baby no. dill no i called this last week i literally wrote down the team up i said they are going to team up i can feel it in my bones and they did and i was so i was taking in all the satisfaction of being right i was so excited Mm -hmm. because honestly i like him i like him i said it there wow turned around she's she's turned around but to be fair 
He is w- 10 times more interesting. I would even go as far as to say 100 times more interesting in this episode than he is in the entire Civil War movie. Like That's fair. Like he, he's just so job, much like, more making, interesting. Yeah, making that personality feel fleshed out. The thing I I mean, we'll talk about this later though. His whole mission about like get rid of super soldiers and like that that's still his his quota you know yeah and that's where we'll see with the last episode last moment of the episode like how that kind of ties back around and you know i don't necessarily think i i think it's almost like they're not fully together i think it's like there's this element almost like a ticking time bomb where it's yeah like, there's gonna sure. be a point where zemo's gonna be like oh wait bucky you're also still a super soldier soldier boom you know mm. and he's gonna want to do that and there's gonna be even bucky who might be like yeah now i gotta get rid of you so i feel like there's this like underlying like we know like eventually we're gonna be against each other again but like do we work together in the meantime um is right. this zemo's does he have alternative motives i'm still thinking and i know this is we're not gonna go deep into like wandervision theory with this okay. shit but like it but i do i do think i <laughs> i Sorry, do think though up. he might it might be one of those like agatha all along things where like at the end it's revealed that zemo did help have ulterior motives mm. like i don't know it's if it's fully all you know for the right intentions as we're led to believe because obviously he's a more interesting character but i don't know about likable just because i feel like there's still a bit of him that i'm still wary of you know mm. he's willing i mean i know we're jumping to the next scene but he's willing to like basically uh give them poison when when he said something about the the drinks on the plane you know like oh if if, oh, they're, if they're bad sure. drinks like give it to them like yeah he's still willing to like let them die and that's one of the interesting things and that's the interesting dynamic it's like a ticking time bomb it's like you're walking yeah. around with a bomb it's that episode of Grey's anatomy with the bomb in in the girl and the chest cavity in there and yeah 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 she's got to keep her hand on and like it could go off in any second or she could walk away from it and it'll be interesting to see if zemo is this bomb or if bucky's the bomb you know sure relationship so continue along it's honestly the same energy as like i feel like when those people had that alliance in the hunger games movies like you know like it's cool to have an alliance i guess in the beginning but you know like as the numbers dwindle you're gonna (laughs) eventually have to turn on each other you know so that's kind of the same vibe we're getting from Mm -hmm. this uh motley crew of sam bucky and zemo i mean his motive might simply just to be well i'm not going back to jail so when this is all over and when i'm done helping you I'm either going to kill you to ensure I don't go back to jail or we're going to have to work something out because I'm not going back there because he even says something. I was going to write this down, but he even says something to Bucky uh, while they're at the prison where he says, well, at least during your imprisonment, you weren't even conscious. Like he clearly just like, you know, is not handling being in Mm -hmm. solitary confinement, it looks like. Um, Because honestly, who would? So then we find out that Zemo's fucking loaded. He has yeah. all these fancy cars. He comes from like in uh, like in he's basically like an heir. He's inherited all this money, this family yeah. fortune. Um, and I think it's interesting because like the Baron title, like at first it was like, yeah, is Baron his first name? It's like, no, Baron is he's a Baron. <laughs> he is a person of royalty. Yeah. And that's something that they really didn't go into in the first mm-hmm. one. And that's what makes, I think when we were talking, or the first one meaning Civil War, I think that's honestly what makes him more, you know, it makes it more impactful because now you realize if he's royalty, he's the one who's, who got rid of T'Chaka 
mm-hmm. who is also royalty and there's that mm-hmm. like common thread because i think a lot of the what we were saying on the villains ranking you were saying like what is his motivation like what's his deal and i think now understanding that puts it into a different light i think it is this whole like you wiped out my family which i'm a big deal so that's a big deal you know mm. we didn't really get that you know yeah so they start packing up a car getting ready to go to his private jet with his um butler, butler yeah. and he grabs a mask from the back seat and uh for comic book readers you know that this is a nod to his classic comic book look from the comics a very redundant (laughs) sentence uh we're gonna move on um zemo has oh and then they get on the plane to now this is where he makes the comment about the food like uh his butler's like i know that it sorry if your champagne is a little warm the fridge hasn't been working i'll see if there's any good food and he's like oh well if it doesn't even smell that good you just give it to them so you can tell there's definitely animosity but i oh. don't think a little rotten food is enough to kill them that was um, the thing like I, I i i took it as like if the food's bad like if it's been messed with like if it's been oh. poisoned i totally didn't even i mean it maybe it could just be but i mean even then like you're willing to give like nasty dirty food to like you know these people like there's obviously not like a friendship there's no kinship here yeah you know absolutely not they're they're all very it's very much like we just like need each other we don't want to be together we just have something that we all need and that's that that's how we're gonna have to play this we're just gonna have Mm -hmm. to get along for the time being um to which zemo has bucky's little notebook um, which I didn't, I, I kept rewatching the scene. I'm like, at what point does he get the notebook? How does he get the little notebook? Um, because he gets the swipe card from Bucky somehow get, getting that book to him to break him I'm out of jail. If, I'm wondering so, if it's, uh, like when they broke him out of jail, he needed a new outfit to wear or something. And he was like, here's a suit. And it just had his thing in the jacket pocket. I, I don't I, know. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know how he ended up with the notebook, but he ends up with a little notebook to which Sam sees and and confirms that it was Steve's uh, little red notebook that he has in Winter Soldier. And right. then they talk about this, uh, the album that uh, Sam introduced to Steve, Trouble Man by Marvin Gaye. And Zemo has this great line where he says, it is a masterpiece. It captures the African-American experience to which Sam is like, well, He's correct, but he's a little out of line, but he's he's not wrong either. And I'm like, I'm like, wow, like Zemo, like the the ally we didn't know we needed. I'm honestly. Um, And again, it's like it's nice because like last week, the the stuff about race was like so forward, which I appreciate it because I think Marvel mm -hmm. has yet to like go heads head head on with it. But yeah. this episode, it was like it was very subtle. It was like a little a, a little seed where it's like we can still hold people accountable and hold you know consider people allies. But it doesn't have to be like this huge moment now. Now we can just slip it in dialogue because nowadays that's what it is. It's like you you can have it in conversation. It's not weird to talk about it. It's like not weird to mention things or like like what Sam was like. Yeah, I mean he's right. Like <laughs> um, yeah, like it's normal now to like have that be a part of conversation. Like having race be a more prevalent topic of conversation and it doesn't have yeah. to be this whole big moment uh which right. i appreciate it i like sure. how they're kind of finding finding those little threads yeah yeah i mean it's still disney so i feel like we're still like you know tiptoeing really testing the waters with exactly. how far we can take this but i definitely think that there can always be more conversations happening and more representation definitely. 
et cetera, et cetera. That goes without even having to be needing to be said. Um, and then uh, Zemo goes on his long-winded explanation about how he doesn't appreciate the super soldiers. He says, "Do we want to be live? Uh, do we want to live in a world with people like Red Skull?" And he goes off on this tangent why he doesn't respect. Uh, the Captain America kind of what it stands for, because at the end of the day, we can't help people can't help themselves from idolizing these figures, you know, like turning um, these p- people in politics, dare I say, into celebrities. And I couldn't mm-hmm. help but think about what we just had to go through with our past administration um, here in America, how this yeah. man was just sensationalized for no reason whatsoever. And I really found it interesting that they were kind of, you know, there was this metaphor happening this episode. Mm -hmm. So they decide that they need to start in this place called Madripoor, which is an island in Indonesia. And it's basically like it it started as like Bucky says that it started as like a place where like pirates went in like the 1800s. And now it's just this like criminal run um city where there's no laws and all the you know black market stuff happens it reminds me of i think it's maybe called nowhere is it is it nowhere in in guardians of the galaxy where they go where the collector is and and all that stuff is Mm -hmm. happening that's Mm -hmm. on nowhere okay so my guardians knowledge has not failed me yet great um so then we cut to this scene um where Basically, we find out that Carly has someone, the leader of the Flag Smashers, has someone important to her pass away because she's been neglected in um, one of these refugee camps for the the displaced people from the blip. Another sweet little metaphor we have going for us, um, if you're familiar with everything that's happening uh, down at the border in America. We love that. And then we cut to um, Madripoor. So, and now... Uh, you know what's yeah. so interesting about that, Kelsey, is that you sure. just kind of said, oh, there's a Carly scene, and then you moved on. That is probably my biggest qualm with this episode, is that uh, this this Carly character, she's yeah. like kind of in the first episode a little bit. Like, like, they're teasing her. They're making her seem, the way they're giving her, like, a lot of, like, attention in terms of name dropping and, like, visual dropping of her in places uh, we're meant to like care like at least empathize with her and understand her and like be intrigued by her but i feel like they're really just glossing over her. i mean i feel like or... <laughs> like if she is supposed to be this big character like this scene didn't do enough for me to be like wow carly like i feel for her like i i, I just i don't know enough about her and i i get like there's a mystery and an intrigue but it's like it seems like there are three major things going on in this in this show. It's the Captain America stuff with John Walker, the Baron Zemo stuff with the Super Soldiers, and then like Carly with the Flag Smashers. And I feel like that they're all connected. But I mean, they've done so much with John Walker in the last episode. They've done so much with Zemo in this episode. It's like Carly, it, she's there, but I'm just we're not learning much at all. And right. it's like I, I wish they gave her like a little more. Because, I mean, she's a really intriguing character, but, like, I, I just, they're not giving her much at all. And I think that's just one of the parts, that's that's what I was saying earlier with it being a series and not, like, a movie, is that you can afford to put a little bit more plot in there. But when you're adding this whole plot line and making one of the Flag Smashers this big character that you're supposed to empathize with, but then you don't give her a lot of screen time, it's like, 
I don't know. It, I, I, that one part I felt chipped. I was like, wait, that's it? Like, we're moving on already? Like, no, yeah. And then we didn't see her again. It was like, yeah. They're definitely setting her up. Like, they're not giving her enough. So, you know, like, by the end of this, like, she's going to lose. Like, they're not, like, giving her enough where it's even, like, she, it even seems seems plausible that she's going to, like, stand a chance in the end, you know? Like but then I feel what's like the drama, you know. Like, that's what, yeah. No, I'm no, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, I am. Uh, yeah, but at the I, same I time, yeah. she is a villain that we've seen before in the MCU. So we kind of get like we we know what her motive is. We know what what at the end of the day what she wants. And and this is this is a trope that we've seen before. You know, like yeah. the complicated villain. You know, she almost has the same. Uh, objective and mindset as Thanos a little bit she's just a lot less powerful and there's no uh stone hunt you know she Mm -hmm. just she wants to she's sick of you know being forgotten and and displaced and and she wants power any any way that she can get it and um yeah it's it's a shame that we're not really diving deep into who she is because then at Mm -hmm. least if we were given more of her backstory we were you know told about you know kind of what happened to her you know the day she blipped back to to now then maybe we would kind of root for this character a little bit or not necessarily root for her to and want Sam and Bucky to lose but at least like maybe they could come to some sort of compromise or agreement at the end but instead it's like really like you know, at the end of the day, like she's she's not making making it out of this. You know, I think her, some her of the her story, movement, yeah. some of the storylines that I feel like should be expanded upon are being too short lived, and I think some of the concepts that like it's pretty clear what it's going for, they drag out. And I think that's that's my issue with the show so far as a show, not each episode, but as a show, is that like there are like a lot of interesting things that just aren't given enough time, and then there are things that are given too much time, and it's like trying to find that balance. Like you have six episodes. Like you should be able to tell in six hours a, a coherent story for her, or why not add more episodes? You know, like it's a TV series, you yeah. can add episodes. Totally. So it's it's interesting. Um, oh yeah, let's keep going now to to this uh this lovely uh neon infested, a uh, very colorful <sighs> yeah. place. Uh, it reminded me of Blade Runner a little bit. I don't know if you've okay. seen Blade Runner, but like that that aesthetic, you know, yeah, kind of futuristic, kind of like totally dark, gloomy, you know, almost like that planet that um uh Yondu is on. Um, mm-hmm. at the be- at the beginning with the uh, Sylvester Stallone in um Guardians Two with those Guardians like two, robot yeah. hookers. Anyway, mm-hmm. those are the only things that I can picture. Uh, because they're just it's so... noir. It's very noir inspired. It's yes, like... exactly. Yeah. So then Zemo drops just the my my favorite line in the whole uh <laughs> TV show. He's back at I it love again this whole, with like, those I like love for Zemo. I love no, I love, it. I love him. I'm obsessed. I literally wrote <laughs> down. Wait, a few notes down. I literally write Zemo sexy. <laughs> was it the dance? <laughs> um. Well, we'll get there when we get there. I I have to. I'll g- explain that further. But so basically, they get to Madripoor. He's explaining to them, you know, like, uh, Bucky, you're gonna have to take up the identity of the Winter Soldier again because that's basically gonna be our insurance that no one else fucks with us while we're here because they know how dangerous you are. Um, he gives Sam a fake identity and Sam's like, why am I the only one dressed as a pimp? To which Zemo responds, only an American would assume a fashion forward black man looks like a pimp. And I was just like, I, I heard that. And I was like, Whoo, huh, Zemo's dropping knowledge on us. Dare I say he's 
dropping bars. Uh, that's the worst. <laughs> and, and thank you all for witnessing the worst thing I've ever said in my life. Um, but I, I'm just like, I'm like, wow, this is, yeah. I'm, I'm like speechless. I can't, I can't even like put into words, like how much I'm adoring this man. So then I wrote the, here comes my line. Zemo's sexy, but like not in a conventional way. Like it, he's definitely not like a Channing Tatum, like, Mm, yeah, Brad Pitt sexy he's like a smoke a cigar and like drink whiskey with him sexy like he's <laughs> he's just a classy dude you know what I think it is I think it's his his utter and his utter confidence he has when he just like he has on his fur coat and he's drinking champagne in his private jet and he's like this is what we have to do this is how I deal with criminals you're going to be fashion forward black men and this is my winter soldier and we're about to go mess this up like well, I just and that's what I always like and that's that's kind of what I was saying with the villains right he's like it's not it's none of this it's none of the hands-on it's yeah. all the man behind the curtain and I actually really like that in like a villain in general uh, so I'm glad you're coming around to the whole idea that like he's got like it's all here, it's all in the mental, it's all strategically planned, it's very methodic. Yeah, and especially like during sh- just like this whole Mada Mada, what's it called? Mad Madripoor aesthetic. I'm like, this is a sexy episode. Like I'm like <laughs> loving this. I was really eating this one up. So I'm then we they get uh, go into a bar type looking place and we notice that there's a sign in the background that says power broker is watching so obviously there's this guy in the sky or um how some people in america think you know big brother is always watching yeah that's the power broker in this uh universe so um they're in a hex spoiler alert power brokers outside (laughs) it's wanda it's wanda she's watching she's the power broker um so they get into this uh bar zemo's asking around he's trying to get in touch with this selby share uh oh my goodness this selby character uh because he has a feeling that she'll know where the serum's coming from and therefore Mm -hmm. they'll be know who to go to and stop um he markets bucky as the winter soldier as we know um just to prove to everyone that you know he's the most badass in in the room and um, so so they don't mess with him because like if they don't let him through it's like look what i got like it's no, kind exactly. of the, the avengers moment like we got a hulk it's like yeah using, yeah. using your your this, someone else is your brawn to basically intimidate others and it's, it's a smart thing because it works no yeah totally so then uh we see someone and then it cuts really quickly to someone in the crowd pull up their hood and walk away um just made a mental note of that um sam Mm -hmm. in his um disguise has to take a very nasty shot that has some sort of like fish guts or something i i forget what he what he throws in there but he's like oh there's this very like funny bit where he unfortunately has to take the shot or else he will be killed on sight um and then bucky just kind of attacks this guy so you know he you know lays down the law he's like no one can fuck with us like i'm the winter soldier i will literally slaughter anyone who gets in our way so then we have this meeting with this selby she- uh oh my goodness i keep saying that i think it's because i'm i'm wanting to say shelby because that's yeah. the name my mouth is used to saying yeah. but her name is selby it's just like hoskins and hopkins like just make the character's name shelby um selby we have this meeting with this selby character uh zemo offers bucky 
um, for information. And she tells us that this character, uh, this guy named Dr. Wilford Nagel, has been making the serum and selling it. Um, unfortunately, during this meeting, Sam gets a call from Sarah. Uh, Selby instructs that he answers the call on and puts it on speaker. And for mm. a while, Sam's able to kind of keep the act up. But right at the end of the phone call, Sarah calls him Sam, to which Selby says, kill them all right now. But obviously, they make it out alive because um, Zemo shoots Selby and, and uh, Bucky. Honestly, like... I don't know if we're ever going to get this Bucky again because if he's only ever going to be this badass and this cool like while he's the Winter Soldier persona like this is mm -hmm. the Bucky I've been waiting for since episode one you know. And I think there's a part of him that like to move on and to deal and to cope he needs to leave right. his behind because this is I isn't know healthy, but he's you know? so hot when he's taking down those <laughs> bad guys I'll say Kelsey. it. I'll be the first to say it. It's hot. And I and I want more of it because okay. it's... well, yeah. I mean, if you're looking at it from that angle, fine. But I'm I'm just saying, like in terms of the character, like I know, know like, I know. As 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 he was killing character those people in the bar and stuff, I was like, wow, like this must be tough for him because like yeah, now he's not even being forced to do it, but he has to do it, mm -hmm. and it's under the hands of Zemo at the same time. It's like that's oh, it's like a slow knife in the yeah. Ugh. I know, I know. Yeah. It's conflicting. I get it. Yeah, good... So then. <laughs> Someone puts a bounty out for Selby's uh, murderer. So then Sam, Bucky, and Zemo are all, like, everyone in Madripoor are, are going after them. Um, and they run into Sharon. Good old Sharon Carter saves, swoops in, and saves shows the day. Up, shows and up as, out of she, as she enters, she does take off her hood, which I think is on purpose because that leads me to deduce that she was the person in the crowd who overheard yeah. that Sam, Bucky, and Zemo were there. She was like, yeah. oh, I gotta go deal with this. And voila, there she was. And she explains that, you know, she's unfortunately has to, she had to completely abandon her life in the States since she was never pardoned for what she did in civil war. Um, mm -hmm. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm drinking tea. <laughs> um, and uh, she's had to live out her the rest of her days in Mandrapur. So she mm. offers them to uh, seek shelter at her place for a little bit. We find out that she's kind of like pawning off these really fancy like pieces of art, these, you know, original Monet's and Van Gogh's. Um, she's she's a hustler. And she says, you you know, you guys have to change uh, so we can figure this out. And there's this uh, little moment where Sam is shirtless changing into his changing into, you know, whatever he's putting on next. And she goes, she checks him out and goes, well, that's better. And I was like, oh, OK, that's interesting. You're going to kiss Cap and then hit on his friends. OK, yeah, I see you, girl. Honestly, we got some Degrassi shit going on right here. She's like... living all of our dreams, isn't she? Um. <clears throat> So, you know, she's kind of, we kind of are introduced to this more badass, harder edge, you know, I've, I've seen some shit, Sharon. Um, she's but not Kels, a... Kels, you know what you got, you know what I'm going to say? I Please. thought they rushed it. I think they okay. rushed it. I think okay. they rushed through it. And I, I just, I just think there are things that should be given time. If you have a series, if you have a movie, I get it. You have a runtime. If you have a series, take the time. To fully like explore and explain where these characters have been, even if you're not showing like a backstory, like at least give us a little bit more. Because I just felt like 
they saw Sharon and they immediately went right into like the action of it all. And you know, mm. again, like that's fine. But like, yeah, as someone who's very character invested uh, as opposed to like action invested, I was, you know, for those moments was disappointed. I liked the episode, but that's, you know, my main thing. Yeah. No, I get it. It was definitely like, it was a lot to handle in like a very short scene. Cause she was yeah. like, that's st- stars and stripes bullshit. Like are you actually given to that good thing. You got rid of the shield, the hypocrisy in that. Like it was all very like, Whoa, this is how you feel about like the U S government, like that you worked for, for years. And like Steve, like you've just completely forgot that you like hooked up with Steve during civil war. I was like, it, it was a lot to take in. I was it, it left like that scene definitely left like a bad taste in my mouth. And like, Right, and I after think it's the first they watch through, through it, yeah, yeah I think no, they totally through it, and I think like it's meant to give a bad taste in your mouth, or they need to explain why you should have a bad taste in your mouth. You know, they should, ex- mm. you know, it shouldn't just be I have a bad taste in my mouth because like I didn't get any more information, and like I don't know how to feel about that because you didn't explain yourself thoroughly. It should be like, oh, she explained her whole story, and like, oh, that that leaves me with a fat taste in my mouth. You know, like, you, it should be justified. Um, yeah, and Bucky even no. says during that scene, like, oh, she's kind of awful now, and I, <laughs> I was like, yeah, Bucky, I'm with you, same page, same page mm-hmm. here. Um. So then Sam and uh, Sharon make this deal that, you know what, if you can give us any information about this Wilford Nagel guy, I will get you pardoned so you can come back to the U.S. And and they shake on it. So it seems like she's not in like dismissing the idea of like returning back to her life in the States. Maybe not completely how it was, but like definitely returning, making a return, a return in some capacity at all. You know, it would kind of suck if she was like, no, fuck that. I'm here now. But she, you know, she shakes his hand and is like, if you can get me pardoned, then like, yeah, let's do it. Um, so then they cut to this kind of like shipment yard. I, I forget what these things are called. They're Uh, like, like, uh, like freight cars i want to say shipyard yeah it's a a shipyard yeah okay so she takes them to container 4261 she says like that's where wilford nagel's lab is any any significance there with that number no i did i was gonna save it for my for our easter egg talk but i did look into that number and i for a second i thought she said 24601 and I was oh, going to be like, I'm Jean sorry, Bozon. are there yeah. theater fans writing this show? Because <laughs> right, like I see you. Um, so then they inter- interrogate this Wilfred Nagel character where he basically has his like uh, evil villain speech. He's like, this is why I've been doing everything I've been doing. And this is where I'm going to take it next. And like, I was like, okay, this is very interesting. So mm-hmm. then uh, we find out that he was recruited by the CIA to kind of pick uh, well, he was recruit originally. He was recruited by Hydra to pick up um, the Super Soldier Serum program where it left off. The blip happened. He came back. He was recruited by the CIA to recreate the serum, and he was u- and he was going off of blood samples from an American test subject. To which I said, Isaiah, because yeah. I called that as. Well, granted, I can't give myself too much credit because this show is not as confusing as WandaVision was. This, and, this and, and they kind of made it very clear that he was like a test subject because he said he was the last one who survived. Like, like they made it clear that he had been through some tests. It's just like this specific test. Yeah, it links up. I, you called it. Thank you, Dip. Just just like 
let me let me have it every now and then. I was very yeah. off with WandaVision, and I'm taking I'm taking my uh, points where I was can any get them. was anyone on with WandaVision. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, you're right. We were all off with WandaVision. Um, so he says that he created the serum from that. He has a little um, Urkshine. Um, yeah, Urks. No, that's not his name at all. Urkskine. Urskine. He has an uh, Stanley Tucci's character from Captain America, mm. the first Avenger. He drops his name. He's like, I've been the best scientist since that guy. And I was like, all right, relax. Um, but he says that his serum was going to be subtle, optimized and perfect. He says that he made 20 serums and that Carly stole them all and that she was go- and that the power broker was going to be coming after her. So now we know that. Um, the death threat that she got in the first episode where we see her look at her phone and it says, you took something of mine. Um, I'm going to find you and kill you. It's the power power is from the power broker. And obviously it was referring to the serums. Um, so then, uh, Sharon lets them know that, you know, there's all kind of bounty hunters that are after them. She's beating them down all, you know, not effortlessly, but like she's, doing a damn good job going like one on like 10 so i was like damn sharon carter get she can get it as well she's she was as hot (laughs) as the winter soldier so i don't know i don't know okay (laughs) (laughs) so then zemo no yeah you're you're right i mean am i wrong no you're not you were not wrong yeah it's hot sexy fight scenes in this one 2021 is the year of the the beautiful marvel ladies just kicking ass and showing up the men and and you know wanda did it she's doing it now yep the yep. black widow's gonna do it it's 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 the year of the lady in in the marvel cinematic universe i feel it <laughs> the year of the lady i love that so then uh obviously some more commotion happens zemo kills nagel because he uh well first bucky asks him is there any serum in this lab to which he replies no um, things get, you know, dicey. Zemo kills Nagel. Sharon comes in and is like, what did you do? The right, lab that took ex- me by surprise, too, because I was like, you're getting rid of someone who was like, obviously is playing a big role in this. Right. Um, I mean, I think yeah. that was always his intention, because obviously he we know that he doesn't like super soldiers. He doesn't want them to exist. So obviously he's right. going to take out the one guy oh, yeah. in this entire universe that knows how to recreate the serum. He says he was the only one that was successful. Boom. Easy. <laughs> Get him out of there. Uh, I can't blame him. So then Sharon and them, uh, they escape from the lab and they have a little bit more of a fight sequence. Sharon and them part ways. um, And then they have this great little callback moment to Civil War when, uh, (laughs) lo and behold, Cap and uh, Sharon are having their first and only kiss in front of the car uh, that Sam and Bucky are sitting in where... Bucky says, can you move up your seat? And Sam says, no. Uh, so then Sam, uh, Bucky gets in the front seat. Sam gets in the back seat. Sam says, you're not going to move up your seat, are you? And Bucky says, no. So that's a nice little callback <laughs> to that yeah. moment that I greatly appreciated. And then we see Sharon walk away, get into her getaway car and say, we got a problem, a couple. I'll tell you about them in the car. So now we're kind of getting the vibe that Sharon is a little sketchier than we thought a little bit. Yeah. Then we There's a lot before. of this like ulterior motives of like, what is everyone's actual motive in this? Because I think we know Bucky and, and Sam's. And I think that's what's interesting is like they're the most at this point, they're the most like plain Jane. Like the, this is their motive. But like Zemo, it's like, what's his real motive? And then like 
Sharon, it's what's her real motive? Carly, what's her real motive? And then you have, of course, yeah. this last reveal at the end, which we'll talk about in a sec. What's their motive? You know, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. And it's interesting. It's going to keep, it's keeping the show more exciting than I actually thought it would in the first episode. Yeah. The first episode, I was like, oh, it's so straightforward. But actually, they're making room for some mystery, which is good. Yeah, no, totally. I agree. And it, it's gonna okay. We'll we'll get to there when we get there. But <laughs> okay. I have thoughts out uh, that. Right. So then we cut back to uh, Carly and her kind of sidekick, muscle man friend. I don't know his name, but he is also very attractive, and his accent. Oh man, can you do I that one? Or listen no? to that all day long. Well, it, they're very. He's more Australian. And okay. so they're very similar. It's just New Zealand's a, a little bit tighter and a little bit uh, smaller, whereas Australians are, are a bit more um, uh, like wider is the only way. I wider can, vowels. I can yeah. It. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very nice accent on this gentleman. I, 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 I'm going to learn his name and, and follow. Good. Him I might. Later. Uh, the phrase I know how to say. What did he say? What did you say? I said the only phrase I know how to say in Australian is is good day mate good day mate because it's good I and might so you put it together good I might <laughs> I love that <laughs> I'm trying That's... my best no I love it um so then they kind of talk about how they got into being in this flag smashers we learn a little bit about him um I really like diving into this character I want to see like where he goes. Um, Dill, if you could do me a favor and like IMDB his name because I would love to know the character's name. Um, <laughs> I should have should have done that before, but so we find out that they're about to you know do their big hit, which is at this the GRC's like supplement uh, facility in um, um, where are they Latvia? I think they are. Yeah. So, <laughs> where Winston Bishop played basketball for all of those new girl fans out there. Um, <clears throat> so they're about to like, you know, loot this place and they're talking a little bit about um, the power broker and everything. And Carly says the power broker is about to come begging. So that leads me to believe that maybe not all of the super soul, uh, super serums were used. I think maybe they either have one or a couple saved on lockdown so that they could probably have, you know, insurance over whoever might want to come after them. Like, Hey, we still have some left over, So don't mess with us kind of thing. Um, yeah. Any luck Dill, on the name? Uh, I'm, I'm still, I'm still looking. As I said, the, this episode, all the recaps, they kind of breeze over Carly because, mm. you know, uh, IMDb, I, I would, wouldn't be able to f pick it out. Um, from there just because all the names are I saw, an, I saw an article about the actor he has a very interesting name um uh, we'll, we'll we'll find it for next week and we'll talk about it next week then um because yeah I'm, i i apologize to anyone who it like yeah. deeply there are people there, there are people screaming at us like <laughs> being no, like you you idiots how did you how did you start the podcast and not all not know all their names <laughs> listen i know it's early in the morning Hey, we we take we 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 are the rawest of raw in when it comes to this <laughs> podcast in terms of, you know, what we say on air is what you get. So you know we're not going to edit it out. Just we're not going to edit this to like include character names that we pretend like we knew when we didn't know them. We're we're going to be keep it authentic. That's it. Yeah. Not raw, authentic. 
we keep it 100p here. Thank you again for hearing the second lamest thing I've ever said in my life. So then we cut back to John Walker, and he's kind of on Sam and Bucky's trail. Um, Sweat us on the... Oh, okay. So this was the other anti-cap moment I took know of is when he's telling his friend Lamar like hey everything we're about to do next might not be a hundred percent legal it might not be on the book so just want you to get ready for that and he's like don't you think they're you know we're gonna get in trouble if we do that and he's like do you think if we get the job done they're gonna sweat us sweat us on the how and that was very anti-cap to me because even though cap always stood up what he believed in and it did go against a lot of it went against what the US government wanted him to do. He always did it in a moral way. You know, he always stuck to his morals and his ethics and who he was in here. Because obviously, as we know from uh, the first Avenger that the serum just amplifies the goodness in you if you're a good man. So obviously, that was everything Cap stood for was his morals. And He's just willing to toss all that aside just to get what he wants, you know, just to be the top dog at the end. And I'm just like, like time and time again, they are just proving to us how wrong this this guy is to wield the shield and to stand in Cap's shoes and to be the Captain America. So if you had any doubt (laughs) from the first episode, you shouldn't now. Yeah, I mean, um, I will say, I, I did not necessarily defend that I liked him, but I did defend at least that he had at least more of a personality than, like, the first episode was where it was just a face. At least they kind of, like, dove into him as a yeah. person beyond the the, the 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 armor. You know, it wasn't just him as Cap, but, like, we got to know who John Walker was as John Walker. Uh, and you kind of empathize with him a little bit, you know, the shaky hands and stuff. You understand that he's trying to... Sh- sh- you know, fill these shoes. But by the end of the last episode, and again with this episode, it's very clear, like, no, he's he's not not someone worth being like, oh, but I like John Walker. No, like, it's, you're not supposed to like him, and, and I don't like mm-hmm. him. I know you, I know you don't, Kelsey. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So then we cut to this scene uh, in the jet where Sam's kind of, like, thinking about, you know, everything that Sharon had to go through, everything that he's been uh, hearing Zemo talk about. And he's like, you know what? It's it's driving me nuts how crazy people are going over this this hunk of metal, he calls it. And he's mm-hmm. thinking to he's thinking to himself, well, maybe I shouldn't have given it to a museum. Maybe I should have destroyed it so it wouldn't be causing all these issues. And Bucky's like, well... No, that's not the answer because (laughs) (laughs) I that shield still means a lot to people. It still saved many a lives, uh, many a lives. (laughs) And and this is the first time where Bucky himself is like, I would have even taken the shield. This is the first time we hear Bucky talk about like himself wielding the shield, which I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, we were with some friends in the movie theater when when he gives that shield to Sam. Some of them were like. Oh, I wish he gave it to Bucky. And it's mm-hmm. because it's fair. Both of them meant so much to Cap. So mm-hmm. maybe we will see Bucky even get his hands on it at some point, you know? Yeah, totally. So Sam, so exactly. Bucky says, I'm I'm going to take it. We know that the world needs a new Cap. We know it's not John Walker. I'm going to take it from him myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we cut to the Flag Smashers raid. Uh, they uh, um, loot the supply depot. Um, and then on the way out, she's like, he, they say, like, you filthy flag smashers. And she's like, you've been sitting on all this supplies for six months. 
don't you get it? We're fighting for our lives. So it's Mm -hmm. like you kind of want to sympathize with this girl. But then she goes around and blows up the building. She rigs a car to explode and then it causes a fire in the rest of the building to which her friend who da-da-da-da, his name is Dovich. Dovich. Yeah, it was going to bother me. I I couldn't wait until next week. Well, there you go, everyone. She does know it. (laughs) So Dovich says... There were still people in there. Like, why did you do that? And she's like, don't you get it? Like, this is the only language these people know. Like, violence is the only way that we're going to get what we want here. So then we kind of see him doubt a little bit, like, Carly's intentions. You know, she's going a little bit rogue on the Flag Smashers. Like, killing people was probably never really a part of the agenda. They just wanted to, you know, grow their movement and liberate the displaced people and and the half of the population that's probably been neglected these past couple months. Um, So I'm starting to foresee maybe a betrayal happening between these two characters. Um, Maybe Dovich is like this flag smash and shit isn't for me anymore. And I would love Mm -hmm. for him to join the side of Bucky and Sam because I just, I'm loving his energy. I'm loving his vibe. So then we cut to the last scene where um, Bucky, Sam, and Zemo were all kind of chasing down Carly to get to her. um, And they end up in Latvia where the supply uh, depot was. And Bucky says, you know what? Give me me a sec, guys. I uh, Give me guys a sec is what I was going to (laughs) say. Give me a sec, guys. guys. Uh, I'm going to go for a walk. This was weird to me because because it's like, you know, you're, you've been continuing this action for so long and then for him to just be like, I'm just going to go for a walk. It was like, it just felt so weird. And then obviously we see why, but like, yeah, like, <laughs> I, was, I, I was, I was a little confused why Sam wouldn't be like, wait, what? Like, you're not coming in with us. Like what, where are you going, man? Like what? I like, mean, we're like, here. <laughs> I don't know. Men don't really communicate like that. I can totally like see like a group of guys being like, all right, man, like walk it off, I guess, you know? And <laughs> like, also like, it. Just, yeah, go ahead. he just had to like, kind of get back into the mindset of the winter soldier on, on Madripoor. So maybe he does need to, you know, blow off some steam or, you know, okay, calm himself down. Maybe okay, that's, good point, good point. that's how I'm going to defend this, yeah. that scene. But I, I agree. It was definitely weird. I was like, what, what is he about to do? Cause I can't, but then you this. start to see what he's doing. Again. Exactly. So he's tracking down these like orby things, balls metal things (laughs) these these beeping things he's he's tracking them down and he runs into a wakandan soldier who says that she's there for zemo and he even says like i've been waiting i was wondering when you guys were going to show up so obviously they are very uh the nation of wakanda is very aware that zemo is out of prison and that he's just a free man Mm. on the streets not really free but you know he's not where he should be and and they they want him to they yeah. want justice for uh, and, and this King is Dichaka. this is the second in command then to Okoye right it's it's Io yes she was um the Wakandan that was with um T'Challa in Civil War right yeah yeah so so there's uh, now we're we're bringing in that whole world and and what's interesting about this this mm-hmm. show is that they are doing a lot of connecting the dots between different things like civil war and then like you have the wakanda stuff and then even i mean it's all coming stemming from civil war but it's like different you know you're connecting those dots now it's like how do we bring the wakanda stuff to the zemo stuff to the sharon stuff how do we connect it all and then of course the looming john walkerness um i'm interested because we are now halfway through 
now I feel like there's a lot of juggling going on. Like you, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stories now. You you have Isaiah, which I don't even know if we're gonna revisit or if that was like a one off thing. Mm-hmm. You have John Walker, which was kind of invisible in this episode, save for like one scene or two. Carly, who was also in the same boat, like she was in the very beginning, very end, or whatever. You know, the large chunk of it she wasn't in. Sharon, who came and went, but she's still around. Um, Zemo, who is now with the crew, he's like the third in command in this little trio, mm-hmm. but he might have ulterior motives and io who is coming after him <laughs> and yeah. then we have bucky and sam themselves you know you have a lot of layers you have sam's sister bucky uh, the 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 friend from the first episode yori bucky. yori so it's like almost again like we kind of ran into this with wandavision i'm not trying to make two other comparisons but again this is the only other tv show we have to compare it to in this sure. new cinematic universe that isn't like the daredevil stuff you know that was a different time these two TV shows, it's like ha- you have three episodes left to do a lot. <laughs> and it's like, I don't want them to rush through too much. But at the same time, the things that seem to be dragging out a little bit too long, and I hate to say it, is the action. Because the action is cool and it's great. But like a few punches and like a, a cool little little sequence is fine. But then sometimes it gets a little too long where it's like you could have this time, you know, fleshing out a few more storylines, you know, make the episodes uh, like two minutes longer and and then you can have a long action scene i think they're pri- prioritizing the action too much to where some of the plot lines are rushed through and i like what you said like it does feel like we're like covering a lot of ground all at once but at the same mm-hmm. time i feel like because we are going a mile a minute some things are left in the dust and then the things that like don't necessarily p- progress the plot along are the things that are taking up like the 10 minute you know action sequence time which i get it's an action show uh but again when we're so invested in these characters now as we saw with wandavision we don't need an action episode every episode there was one episode of action that was the last episode like we sat through eight episodes not needing that yeah. we just wanted the characters we were just living with the characters so i think yeah. it's interesting that this show is very much like okay we're gonna put a 10 minute action sequence in the middle here and it's like no like give me more of carly give me more of sharon give me more you know now with all this new stuff coming in like um, so I hope they stick the landing. This is not a criticism on the show because we don't know, but I do hope this is a, a wary uh, look into the future. I hope they are. I hope they're going to stick the landing and not give us a Darcy like they did in WandaVision, where she comes in for two seconds at the finale yeah. and is like, "Oh, see you in prison." It's like that's it. That's all you're giving her. Like, I hope we get this full fledged arc for a lot of these characters, at least Sam and Bucky in particular. Yeah, but what did you think of this ending and and the series so far? And what what are your thoughts on the episode and all that? I, I've talked a lot about my thoughts, but I don't actually know your thoughts aside from uh, the, you like the men and <laughs> and Zemo is now you are now Zemo's number one fan. I mean, listen, <laughs> I don't want you to think that I just like completely objectified the men. That's not. It was no, 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 like no, I said, no, it was more yeah, about his like reasons. his like suaveness, his like but confidence again, part- and. Part of looking up to someone too can be that. Like you can admire someone for that reason. And and you know, these are again, these are I mean, originally like tight tight like superheroes wore tights, like you know they they've gotten a little less restrictive, but like there was always a level of attraction and like, you know, okay, I see you're saying and, and, and attraction appeal uh to superheroes in general that was meant to like, you know do exactly what they did for you so thank thank you dill thanks for i'm justifying it you're welcome i'm sick of thank you 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 feel however you want to feel and there's nothing wrong with it (laughs) 
Well, thank you. As long well, as it's I don't not wanna... something weird like Groot. As long as you're not getting like those feelings for like Groot. You know? Okay, listen. I'm not seven into some weird territory here. I know. We're I mean, not, like, Vision, not going to go was, there. Vision was three years old. You know, like Wanda was messing with that three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we don't have, have to go there TikToks? with that. Have you seen those TikToks? You see those TikToks where it's like Vision's like three and it's like Wanda's baby age, Vision like from the eighties episode. No, but like Vision himself, oh. like in terms of Ultron time, like oh he's okay, only three years old. Well, Jarvis had had been there since two thousand and eight, so his Even then, programming. Like how old his... would he be? Like twelve. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Maybe uh, there's no it. there's no defending this, but uh... yeah, let's not let's let's. What are your thoughts on the episode? <laughs> Listen, I feel like I I said everything that I need to say. My biggest question is the power broker. Who is the power broker? Do right. you think it's going to be someone we know? Do we think that it's going to be a, a random person we get introduced to who kind of ties think, into maybe later projects? What I are your thoughts, because, Dale? Because we are now halfway through. I think they, I don't, I want to say they need to make it someone we've seen before, but like, okay. if you're introducing a new character well, more than halfway through, like, you better really, you know, make sure we know them well, because like, the worst thing that some superhero movies do is they introduce a villain in the third act, and it's like, you don't have enough time to spend with them to where it's like, they almost feel excess, you know, like mm -hmm. they feel like purposeless, so I'm a little wary about that, but um, uh, if it is a new character, I hope they do that. They 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 do a good exploration of him or her. Um, but yeah, I, I think it might be someone we've seen before. I think it would be interesting if it was someone we've seen before. You know, connecting more dots. You know, this seems to be a show that is kind of bridging together multiple areas of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So it'll be interesting to see if there's another character that we can connect the dots with. You know. So I have a theory. Okay, I knew you would. I knew you would. So I have a theory. So when we are introduced to Wilford Nagel and we're finding out his whole backstory about how he got into working with the um, super serum and, and doing all that stuff. So he says that he was recruited by the CIA mm -hmm. to uh, reinvent this serum. The power broker got uh, heard of his work, invested in um, trying to get the serum back on the market. We know another character who has been in the CIA. Sharon Carter. That's right. Maybe. So I'm thinking if they met working in the CIA together, he told her, you know, what was going down. I'm not saying maybe I'm not saying during her time in the CIA, she had any ill intentions and, you know, wanted to get a hold of this stuff, but maybe cut to this Sharon Carter, who is living in Madripoor, being a hustler, being this, you know, fuck the U.S. government type kind of bitch. Maybe she was like, I'm saying maybe she's the power broker there. Maybe. I said it. And, and here's the thing. That's the name of the episode. And the fact to not see the power broker in the episode called the power broker, it was a little weird. Mm -hmm. But if it is her, then this episode was introducing her into this show and mm -hmm. you know it's not zemo zemo's not the power broker so it's it's no. yeah it's i mean if it is that'd be crazy uh but it was sharon yeah. there when nagel died 
No, she came in right at the end and, and said, what did you do? So that's the only um, thing that makes another... me question this theory, because okay. I feel like why would you lead them right to your supplier? The only mm. person who's able to remake the serum. Why would you lead them right to him greatly putting his life in danger? I mean, and she could have. She didn't know he would. They would kill him. I mean, know? but maybe. But I feel like that's still a risk to be like, True. nah, he's. He's I feel like that's that's a huge gamble, you know, especially to put Zemo, the person that she nearly shot dead on sight in the beginning because she was like, you took everything from me. She had a Mm -hmm. Wanda V Thanos moment saying you took everything from me and nearly shot him right where she saw him and then just put him in the room with her greatest, you know, insurance policy. I don't know. That's the only thing that makes me kind of doubt this theory a little bit. But I think that it would be super interesting, especially because they everyone talks about the power broker using he him pronouns. So I'm like, are they're just assuming that this big this big person in power is a guy? Hmm. Don't love that. I, I really It'd like be a nice gonna, uh, I'm, plot twist. I'm not I'm not going to make my own theory because I didn't think about it in depth like that. But I, I thought it was just some guy behind the curtain that we're going to find out later, but I think that makes a lot of sense. And honestly, I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback off of that. So, so I won't take credit for it, but I'm going to piggyback off of that. And I, I'm going to be looking for that. And I, that's my bold prediction too. Then uh, it's not a bold prediction now, but um, I will, I will steal that prediction and, and, and make it my own as well. But if it ever comes to light, I will say you said it first. Um, Thank you, any last thoughts in the episode before we get into Easter eggs, Kels? Um, No, I have, I only have like, I really, no, no last thoughts. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Kelsey, did you have any Easter eggs you find? Or uh, Yes. I noticed on the wall in um, Wilford's, Wilfred's, Wilf, what, what did I say? Wilfred's um, lab, the word Jaeger was on some, was on some of the walls and some of the equipment and i just wanted to see if this had any meaning at all i looked into i just typed into google as i usually do jaeger marvel and came across this character his name being jaeger who has super strength speed endurance um re uh reflexes all that good stuff um there really wasn't much about him but he is um this prominent character that kind of just embodies all of the powers that you get from the super serum so maybe it was just a nod to that um we'll see that, that's all yeah. i have uh cool. easter egg uh, wise i only have i only have one easter egg too which is kind of disappointing because yesterday was easter uh but we do have <laughs> only one we forgot our pastels i thought yeah we but we're both in green so i think we've made yeah, up I mean, for it yeah definitely um so only one uh, and that is the princess bar itself so the the bar um if 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 we're looking i mean i don't want to do it because we did in wandavision too but if we're looking for any x-men crossover okay the princess bar in uh marvel comics presents number one uh the princess bar was owned by a man named o'donnell and was home to a bunch of wolverine espionage shenanigans so Ooh. there was a lot of wolverine stuff going on at the princess bar so this was a destination for a lot um uh, a lot of um wolverine centered uh action so again does it doesn't mean anything you know because quicksilver is not quicksilver it's just ralph boner so <laughs> um you had to bring him up i had to bring him up you i know, was I'm nearly not, yeah. over it i was nearly getting over it and now <laughs> you've pushed me back a few months um 
Yeah, but so 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 this could be just hinting. This could be a subtle nod to like, oh hey, remember the princess bar in the comics? Yeah, Wolverine hung out there a lot. Or it could be like, a, oh well, you haven't seen the last of the princess bar because you know, you know, hangs out there, at Wolverine. Um, mm. Which is interesting because I've never thought about them recasting Wolverine. It's just kind of been like a thing. Like I'd love for the Marvel Cinematic Universe to reboot X Men, but I'm like, who could do it? That's not Hugh Jackman. And like I'm sure there's someone out there who's like the perfect choice and is gonna be great. But I'm like. I didn't even think of him. Like I go through my, I'm like, who would play Storm? Who would play all this stuff? And then I'm like, wait, wow, they're rebooting like... something? No, I'm saying if they were to reboot oh. X Men, like kind of like how they're doing Fantastic Four, sure. Because um, because I think they made it clear with Wandavision that Evan Peters was not the same Quicksilver. So it's like you're not bringing the same cast over. I think it's going to be like a, if they do X Men in this universe, it's going to be a brand new cast. So I don't know who they play. will have to play Wolverine. Maybe someday we'll do our fan casting of the X Men in the MCU. Mm. But um, that might be a fun future show idea. Um, but that's if that's all I have for Easter eggs. You know, it was a very light episode. Again, I think this yeah. episode was a little transitional. It was kind of getting us like from point A to B. But at least the transition, there were a lot of good things to pick up along the way. It's like you know we're on the road. And, like, the hitchhikers are all bringing something interesting to the party. But, like, we're still not at the destination yet. And, and we, we, we left the, the start, but we're still, we're still on the road, um, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting. And I'm interested to see how it wraps up. You know, those little qualms of just, like, rushing a few storylines is what I was, like, a little underwhelmed by. But I like this team up. I like Zemo. I like the whole aspect of this ticking time bomb that could explode at any minute being Zemo and Bucky. And now, especially with all the Black Panther Wakanda stuff you know they're coming after zemo so it's it's like one big cat and mouse chase except who knows who's the cat and who's a who's a mouse right who's to say um so kelsey where can they find you all your amazing pictures and tiktoks and videos and everything where can they find it all well i wanted to say one last thing before we went which was before we do that where what do you have to say Okay, so I did a little bit of a deep dive on Wilfred Nagel because even though that I was right about um, the power broker um, when I talked about him last week, I talked about him with this gentleman named, hold on, I'm flipping through my notes, I'm flipping through my notes, Dr. Carl Malice is the guy in the comics who kind of works alongside the power broker. So I wanted to know if um, Wilfred Nagel was just a character they invented out of thin air or if he came from the comics as well. And it turns out that he's actually the direct successor from Stanley Tucci's character, Erskine. Um, He was the direct successor after he died. And he was actually the, his codename in the comics was Dr. Yosef, Rainstein, and oh. he was the guy who um, conducted the trials with the 300 African-American soldiers, and he was mm. the one who um, injected Isaiah and, and gave Isaiah his powers. So I just yeah. thought that that was an interesting, I guess, may, Easter egg-ish. I yeah, didn't know if it a, fell into the category of... The, yeah. Easter egg, but I just wanted to bring that up because I did look into it. Um, You can find me at Kelsey A. Kilpatrick on Instagram or at Cause13 on TikTok or here on YouTube, um, Cause Productions. Nice. And uh, of course, if you are listening to us, you can find us on the YouTube video uh, here at the Dill Pickle Movie Network. I got lots of cool stuff planned um, very soon. Um, I am doing my own award show the pickle awards you know on brand 
Um, I'll be giving out the golden pickle uh, for all these categories. Best movie, but also some superlatives, like who's the best movie villain of the year? Who's What's the best movie lip lock? You know, iconic kisses are always Ooh, iconic, too. Uh, the I best fight, this. the best The best fight sequence. You know, like, we, we're not just sticking with the Oscar standards. We're, we're going into some MTV Movie Awards territory, too. Um, uh, we're going to even award the worst film of the year. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I will have my nominations for that tomorrow uh, that's right tuesday you will get the nominations and you will get to vote for an audience award at the end of the day i will decide the pickle award winner because it's my awards but the audience is going to have a say too so there will be a google uh link of an audience award participation uh survey you'll take it and and whoever gets the most votes will win the audience award and uh we may even have some guests i haven't even talked to kelsey about this yet but we might have some guests from the other shows um here on the dill pickle movie network maybe presenting a few of those awards at the award ceremony that are a few weeks after that uh so uh pickle award nominations will be coming out tomorrow a few weeks later will be the pickle awards then oscar predictions oscar reactions and then of course uh, an episode of picture this where we will talk about the oscar nominees an episode of frame rec where we were talking about birdemic uh two episodes uh sorry no we already did one episode of the great american film off we have another episode of the great american film off talking about oscar snubs so it's award season we're getting crazy with award stuff uh marvelous movie mondays is the only non-awards uh centered thing that you'll see every week but um it's okay because you know Chadwick Boseman is representing Marvel in the award season, so it's it's fine. We're, we're connected to awards too, uh, so a lot of cool stuff's happening at Dill Pickle Movie Network. So if you're listening, please check us out there on YouTube. And if you're here on YouTube, thank you for being here. Subscribe. If every single subscriber tells five friends to subscribe, we could be in the hundreds, and we could get this monetized very very fast, and we could keep giving you even more amazing, beautiful work. Um, because uh, I've been having a blast doing this podcast, and we want to keep it going. We want to keep it live and fresh, and um, yeah, we want to keep expanding it and seeing what we can do next with the podcast and with the whole show in general. Uh, you can also find me at Dylan underscore Randazzo on Twitter and at Dylan Randazzo 417 at TikTok. I have not TikToked in a while. I'll TikTok this week. Why not? Uh, so if you want to see my new TikTok this week, I don't know what it will be, but I'll TikTok this week. Um, thank you all so much. I've been rambling so much. Any last words, Kels? Um, d- was that you asking me to present something for the uh, maybe maybe kelsey will be a presenter for the awards well we'll chat about it as soon as we're off the air because that's um, what i gathered yeah that, that that you you gathered correctly and can i just say i'm honored thank you so much dill you're welcome all right everyone uh have a very very safe week enjoy yourselves if you're vaccinated uh you know eat lots of ice cream for that sore arm you deserve it you're doing your part uh we're proud of you um and if you're not and you're staying healthy, wearing your masks, apply, obliging by the rules, we respect you just as much and we love you. And we can't wait to be back here again next Monday talking about episode four. All right. See you.